hey Irish fans, this is Brandon Suarez with Irish on Tap of the On Tap Sportsnet. Today I am joined by my co-host Ethan Wiles. We're going to jump into some of the injury reports that we have for our Notre Dame Fighting Irish. We're going to take a look at the game against New Mexico this week there in South Bend, the home opener. Uh, we're going to take a look at a little bit of the roster, some of the things that they did last year. And uh, there are some other topics as far as us moving up one spot in the rankings. But I'm not going to spoil it all for you. I'll let Ethan take it away. Yeah, it's good to be back. Uh, finally, game week again. Felt like a real long time between uh, the first game of the year and the bye week, week two. And coming back this week in South Bend will be a good time to watch. So excited for this week. Yeah, and, and you know, with the week off, they did have a scrimmage over at Notre Dame, uh, Jameer Smith was actually injured in that scrimmage with a sprained toe, which is going to get us into our first set of topics. So we do have some injury updates for uh, our Notre Dame Fighting Irish this season. Uh, right now, uh, Jafar Armstrong is going to be out for a substantial amount of time, at least a few weeks with an abdominal tear. And then, like I had mentioned, his backup, so the third string running back, Jameer Smith, sprained his toe in a scrimmage on Saturday. So due to that, some roster manipulation has been done by Brian Kelly. Uh, junior Avery Davis, who actually came to Notre Dame as a quarterback, is going to be taking some snaps at running back. Um, so hopefully that's a guy that can come in and make an impact due to the desolation uh, on the injuries. Thoughts about the running back core this weekend? Um, Ethan, I'm almost positive it's going to be a full dose of Tony Jones Jr. Uh, do you, you know, have you seen Avery Davis? I know he's probably played a couple, you know, wash up minutes here or there, but I haven't seen too much of him in his time at Notre Dame. Um, yeah, the name, I mean, I know he's played a few snaps here and there, but um, I was listening to Brian Kelly talk this week about he can step into that role and, and make plays. So, um, you know, I think it's one of those games where, you know, you can get a guy like Jameer Smith out. You know, you, you're thinking that Notre Dame is just going to run this team. So, you know, obviously some, you know, third quarter, fourth quarter snaps for a guy like Avery Davis, you know, get get some uh, get some touches there and, and get a feel for it. So it'll be interesting. Like I said, I, I expect Notre Dame to blow out this team on Saturday. And, you know, at first game of the year at home, the weather's still nice, so fans will pack that stadium. And against a team like New Mexico, it's, it's just on two different levels between these teams. So it'll be a good day for the offense. Um, you know, besides, I talk about Ian Book all the time, but you know, I feel like it's going to be a breakout game for him. So we'll see what we'll see what happens. Yeah, and it's one of those opponents where they play in the Mountain West and even within the Mountain West. You know, last year they started the season out three and two. They won three of their first five games, and then they ended up losing seven games in a row. This is a team that has not seen success, and they have not seen success in a while. They've had quite a few lose seasons, um, dating all the way back to 2016. So they have not won in a while. Um, as far as some other injury updates, Cole Komet, or Cole Yumet, uh took in most of practice uh, this week. Kelly claims that he's healthy enough to play, but that's at the discretion of the program, and I'm going to be 100% honest with you. I have no desire to see him out there on Saturday. The game does not mean that much. If we can get him back next week for the Georgia game, that would be huge. Uh, but as far as playing this week, that you know, that's just completely out of the question. I would be fully against that. So... Uh, and then Michael Young, you know, Michael Young is another player, same, same type of injury. They, you know, uh, Cole actually broke his collarbone and Michael Young broke his collarbone as well. But Young broke his a week later. I do not have a status on him, whether he has been updated or, you know, whether he's been up in practice, you know, getting after it. But 
definitely someone you want to keep an eye out. I would probably go out and say that he's not going to be available for the Georgia game, but we're going to need him for later parts in the season. Uh, Ethan, thoughts on, I guess you would say, receiver production um, this week, maybe finding a rhythm with Ian Book. Uh, who is someone, maybe one of the younger guys, maybe Avery Davis out of the backfield that you're looking or going to be keying in on in, in a matchup against a lesser opponent, I would say? Well, I think, like I said, I mean, New Mexico's the team that you think Notre Dame will come out to. Um, I think it's beneficial that they had that extra week to kind of take a look at what they did right, what they did wrong from week one and just kind of get ready for that stretch of the the season here where we got New Mexico and then we go to Georgia, Michigan coming up as well. So um, I think, like I said, it's going to be a test for the offense. Um, you know, it, We get some young guys in there too. Like I said, I think it's kind of just uh, let's see what happens kind of game. We can run what we want to run against the defense that we know we can handle. So get some young production out there. I think he's going to spread it out. You know, I, I still think that Chris Fink will be a huge weapon, but, um, yeah, I'm excited to see those young guys out there. It'll be a fun game to watch. Yeah, and you want to be able to see Ian Book put the ball on the money this week. He was a little inaccurate last week at times, wasn't able to lead his receivers, uh, was just missing guys. But this week, I think he's going to be able to have enough time in the pocket. Uh, this is a defense that's only returning one starter from last season, so I'm not really worried about, you know, the amount of pressure that Louisville provided in that week one matchup. So I think, you know, Ian Book, you know, if I had to go out and say it early, I think he's probably out of the game by the third quarter. We'll be up by a substantial amount. Um, and you get some of the younger guys in there, maybe see what, maybe see what Phil's got uh, against, you know, a division. I mean, at the end of the day, there's a division one opponent. Anything can happen. I know everyone tuned into the Army and Michigan game last week. And as much as I wanted Army to win that game, I want Michigan to stay undefeated until we play them because that just means a lot more at the end of the season than you're looking at our schedule and strength of schedule and strength of victories. So I that that was a uh, interesting finish, and it, you know you want to see Michigan because you hate them, but if they're ahead of you, you gotta let them win until you play them, and then we'll go to the big house and beat them. So uh, from an injury standpoint, you know we'll get away from the negative stuff. We'll wrap that up. We'll stop or we'll uh, hop right into the New Mexico coverage. So first and foremost, New Mexico will be receiving a 1.1 million dollar check upon arrival, unless the check has already been cashed. But this is the type of money that you get paid to come play Notre Dame uh, for a school that has had declined attendance in, you know, in football. And they've actually cut four sports over the recent years. These are the games that you take in, whether you're an alumni or which I've never ran into. And Ethan, I'm sure you can attest to this. Have you ever ran into a University of New Mexico fan in your life? I cannot say that I have, actually. I did. I love, I love the name. I love I don't know what a Lobo is, but I love it. So we're going to root for that a little bit, but yeah, no. Yeah. So the Lobo, the Lobo, uh, the Lobo uh, mascot or like the, the helmet, the scheme is actually pretty legit. And now that I, I, now that I, now that I think of it, uh, one of my clients, Kenny Maxwell is going to be pretty pissed because he actually played deep in New Mexico, but he played there when they were good. So Kenny, if you're listening, I do apologize about the trash talking to uh, New Mexico, but as a Notre Dame fan, it's New Mexico week, so you already know with football it is what it is. Uh, but as far as this week goes, uh, New Mexico—you know—New Mexico actually brought in uh, from one report that I read. You know, I don't—I don't know if it's 100% true, but you know, I read that they brought in a heavy amount of JUCO players, up to 15 for this year. So that's an interesting thing. You're going to have a lot of hungry guys that. You know, they were playing pretty much uh, last chance U games in front of like three, four hundred people. 
you know, maybe three, four thousand. But they're going to be playing at Notre Dame Stadium, so that's pretty cool for those guys. Uh, but as far as the offense, seven returning starters. Um, one, like I said, they have one returning starter on the defense, so they don't have a lot of experience out there. And I think this is one of those games that has the point to get ugly fast, just due to that fact. Um, and then on top of that, they played against an FCS opponent in Week One and were only able to escape that game thirty-nine to one or thirty-nine to thirty-one. Uh, against Sam Houston State. So as far as Mexico goes, Ethan, you know, have you seen anything on tape, any players that you've read scouting reports on, or anything like that that you may be worried about this weekend? Or is it just pretty much going to be one of those games where we end up floating by, like, 52 to 10? Yeah, I think it's just going to come down to, like, the inexperience. I mean, look at how many people on the offensive line Notre Dame return, just guys in general. So it's just going to be... Like I said, I, I think it's going to be a scrimmage-like game. Let's see what we can run, what works, what doesn't work. I would almost call it a prep game. I hate to look ahead because you can take, you can't, you know, you can't focus on week three and week two or week four and week three, whatever it is. But I mean, it, it's basically just to see what we can do against Georgia without giving them as much film. But yeah, I think Notre Dame will come out a couple more plays on offense than we saw. Like I said, Ian Book, he's going to have a big day, 300 yards, I think. Yeah, and I mean, if he if he's in the game long enough, 300 yards should definitely be available for him. Uh, you want to just get out of this game healthy. So that's the biggest emphasis on this week. You know, not to sound cocky or, you know, super biased, but I just, you know, you don't want to overlook opponents because, you know, they could catch you slipping like last week, you know, like I had pointed out with the Army-Michigan game. But I just don't think they have the firepower to, you know, with us for four quarters. Ethan, you know, as someone that played football, you can play on a team that has all the heart in the world, and they'll keep you in the game for about a quarter or two. But eventually that talent, you know, and that top-end speed and the athleticism that the defense has, you know, their front – their offensive line is in for a treat on Saturday. They are going to have their hardest, you know, their hardest line. I wouldn't, you know, I'm not going to go ahead and say front seven because the linebacking core is a little bit unproven, but they're going to have their hands full with that pass rush. And I would expect a, you know, I would expect at least two or three turnovers this weekend from the Notre Dame defense. Um, but as far as the offense goes, like you said, Ethan, uh, Ian needs to have a good game. He needs to get his timing down with his receivers. Uh, Lawrence Keys is one of the guys that you want to have him, uh, you know, get in tune with. You want to see him on the same page with Fink. You know, he only connected for one pass with Fink last year or last week. And last year, Fink was one of our, uh, you know, our key targets. And it was just, you know, unfortunate to see what you game in for and what you set up for all season not go you know, totally is planned because I won't say the game, you know, was a failure. We definitely did, you know, pick it up real, you know, real well in the second half. And they were able to, you know, correct some things and not necessarily run up the score. It was a more dominating performance in the second half. Um, Ethan, as far as the defense goes, what do you, I don't want to say most worried about, but what is the the group that you're you're going to key in on most or maybe a guy that you want to see something out of this week? Well, I know you and I obviously watched the game together, and the one thing we pointed out through the entire game was how bad the linebacking core was doing. And I think that that's one part of that that I want to see, but I, I want to see takeaways. I feel like this is a game where we make plays, force fumbles. It, it, like I said, it's a tune-up game, but 
I'm really going to be watching that linebacking core because they were not good against Louisville. This is a time where you can run your plays against a not very good offense and see what they can do. So it'll be like I said, I think this is a test for Georgia. hundred percent. I'm riding with that. Yeah. And, and I had mentioned last week on the podcast, basically stating like, you don't want to be too mellow, but you want to, you know, maybe try a couple things that, you know, I don't want to say try a couple things like trick plays, but you want to see what's working for you as an offense. Now, obviously, we saw the success in the run game and the success of painting the middle of the field on those short to intermediate passing routes. So if we can somehow establish that this game is going to be ugly by halftime. But, yeah, like you said, you know, they had a scrimmage this week, um, you know, offense, defense. I don't know if it was first team, first team, or second team. But it's, you know, it's good to see that they had an active week because, uh, you know, after a long layoff and the way we got popped off in the Cotton Bowl, you're anxious to get back out there. And this is not, you know, this isn't a statement game. No one circled this on the calendar unless you're a New Mexico fan or, you know, you know somebody that's playing for the Lobos. But from a Notre Dame standpoint, this game is about execution. This is about setting your game plan and not, you know, going out and defeating your opponent to the point where you don't have to go outside of that game plan. Script your 20 plays at the beginning, you know, at the beginning, no matter what happens, don't bail on those because those 20 scripted or 30 scripted plays that we have to start off the Georgia game are going to be everything because they don't start off games, you know, key ranked opponent games or bowl games off, you know, historically over the last five years, obviously people towards the latter end of that are not on the team anymore, but in the Kelly era, in those big games, they have not seen the success that we've seen. So as far as the defense, I want to see a little bit of leadership out of Asmar, you know, leadership, but I want to see more tackles and I want to see Asmar Bilal more around the field. I think we saw a little bit more of Drew White and Jeremiah uh, Owozu Koromoa, uh, who both had solid games. So the linebacking core, like you said, is the group to watch. Um, but as far as New Mexico goes, Ethan, you got some news uh, that you actually broke to me when I sent sent you over the outline. So I want you to go ahead and break the news uh, to at least the Irish on tap audience about uh, the North or the New Mexico uh, head coach. Yeah, Bob Davey, uh, former Notre Dame guy, uh, actually had a health scare. I think it was or, or it might have been after last Saturday, I believe, and uh, he was not making the trip to South Bend. So uh, they turned the duties over, and I'm going to butcher this name horribly. Uh, is their offensive line coach, Saga Tuatele. And if he's listening, I'm sorry for the way I pronounce your name, but he will be taking over the head coaching du- du- uh, duties for the Lobos on Saturday. So, like I said, um, as far as like I wanted to point back to the offense about being healthy, um, I think that's going to open up the passing game. Um, they're going to obviously work Avery Davis in there too, get some experience in there, but... It's going to be a big day for the offense. That's what I'm saying. I just had to backtrack that. I'm sorry. Oh, no, you're good. And I think, you know, you'll probably see a couple different, you know, usages of Avery Davis. Maybe you'll see him a little bit in the slot, a little bit of some of the RPOs. Uh, but one thing, too, as far as the offense goes, and I'll touch on this before we move on, but I do not want to see Ian Book out there trying to like Michael Vick. Like, stay in the pocket, throw it away if you, you know, if you have to run, run. But do not go out there playing with reckless abandonment like he played against Louisville against New Mexico because the matchup is next week and that is the matchup of the season you know Georgia is an SEC opponent they have been strong you know 
I would say for probably about the last three or four years, uh, as far as being a top tier college football team, uh, you've mentioned on previous podcasts from is a guy that not necessarily scares me, but when you see him uh, in the film room and you know, that's a quarterback that you're going up against. uh, It's definitely one of those things that, you know, you got to watch your film. You got to do your homework. Otherwise he's going to tear you apart. Uh, But as far as this week goes, you know, you hate to see that for Bob Davey, obviously a former Notre Dame guy. Obviously, our prayers are out to him and his family. Uh, we hope that, you know, he's able to get past the uh, rough patch in his life and, you know, at the very least get back out there and, and uh, get back to coaching for New Mexico. So that's tough. Uh, but as far as this goes, Ethan, uh, what are some of the numbers? Where do you think uh, the score prediction falls for you for this uh, Saturday? You know, it, as much as I – think Notre Dame will blow them out my final score prediction will be a blowout it wouldn't surprise me if New Mexico gets the ball first and puts up seven on the first drive that seems like like you said these guys are are hyped up to play in South Bend against this team you're playing number seven in the country so um like I said I think they'll they'll have the momentum there for the first drive but Kelly will come out on that I've seen it in person he'll come out on the first play and go for a big one, and then work that down the field. So 42-14, to 14, I got a late touchdown. I, I love the garbage time touchdowns. So 42-14, Notre Dame, that's my call. Yeah, and I'm going to go ahead, and I, I had teased it a little bit earlier. I got I got 52-10. to 10. Um, This is reminiscent of the tag game, not from a few years ago in Philly, uh, where Kavari Russell made you know, a very acrobatic interception to end it. This reminds me of the Temple game from Tommy Reese era, where we just came out and put it on him early and often. So with that being said, you know, I think, like we both have mentioned, it's just get through this game healthy. Uh, run we need to run on offense because as far as the rest of the college football slate goes for this week, all of the teams that are ranked ahead of us are playing inferior opponents, uh, maybe even an FCS opponent. So I don't see any sort of movement. The only notable matchup would be Clemson-Syracuse for this week, and Clemson's a four-touchdown favorite. Syracuse had beat them a couple years back, but I honestly don't think, any, you know, there's not a team in the country right now that if you asked me what, you know, pick them, win or lose against Clemson, that I would pick, you know, to beat Clemson, not even Bama. So, and, and that, you know, you you hate to say that and you hate to, you know, it pains you, but, I you know, thoughts if we played against Clemson right now? <laughs> I It's hard because they've only played one game and Clemson has had, obviously, two more. So, I mean, I'd, I'd have to give it to Clemson. I thought Texas A&M would give him more of a shot last week. Um, they were playing with them for a while, and Clemson just took off in the second half. Um, and I think it'd be about the same outcome. They'd hold them close for the first quarter, but the inexperience right now on defense from what I saw against a, a guy like Trevor Lawrence, I I don't think we could handle me yet. But yeah. it's early. It's early. We've played one game. Yeah, yeah. Actually, you know, one thing that neither of us brought up too is I want to see a lot of Kyle Hamilton this week. Uh, it's like we, you know, it's an inferior opponent. It's it's a team that you're supposed to be. You're paying them to come here. Uh, we're not trying to pay a team to come here and lose. That's just not going to happen. That's not how it goes at Notre Dame. Uh, but I want to also see Troy Pride Jr. get a chance 
not necessarily, you know, just being out there, but I want to see him in some man-to-man coverage against, you know, New Mexico's number one or their number two receiver. So I want to see some of the guys that have some things to prove. Uh, like I said, as Mar Bilal as well. But as far as the staples of this defense, expect a huge game out of Aquara. Uh, Khalid Kareem's going to have a good game. Expect Dalen Hayes to get in on the fun. I would expect, you know, Aloe Gilman or Elliott uh, to come. You know, even Sean Carr, the DBs are going to have a busy day. We had both said we're going to see some turnovers. Uh, I want to see a defensive touchdown or maybe a special team touchdown. That would be dope. But, yeah, it's going to be not necessarily the most exciting game. Uh, But from an offensive standpoint, like I said, it's just about execution. Uh, You want to see Ian Book just get comfortable with the group of guys that he has for this year uh, because it's not like the NFL. You can't go and trade them. And you can't transfer in the middle of the season. So you got to work with what we got. And I think it's a pretty solid group of guys. Uh, Ethan, this week, do you think, you know, as far as game planning, do you think we see a heavy dose of Lawrence Keys this week? I mean, I think that, like I said, they're going to get all these, they're going to get the young guys in there, get them some playing time. I think so. Um, yeah. Because I think he only had, I think he only had like you know I don't want to you know misannounce it but I think he only had a couple of targets last week if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, well I I know the passing game was kind of weak last week too. So I mean I I'm just excited to see how the passing game will evolve if they can get it going against a team like New Mexico and see what they do from there because we didn't really see much of the pass game after that Louisville game. Yeah, you, know, and, you and I both saw it. They ran the ball. I can't even remember how many times, but I knew that it was a lot more. So, like I said, this is a game where we just need to see how this passing game can work, if we can get it going, and just see what he has to in in, in his playbook. I, yeah, Kelly's always got that weird shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we with our two football teams, we can't get away from the weird and the cute shit. It's just like call a damn game like Notre a normal Dame coach. Notre Dame runs the ball forty sometimes a game, and the Bears run at fifteen. So it's yeah. a, who, who's calling the right plays here? Let's I need Maggie for Brian Kelly. Could we imagine that? Yeah, that I need that coach in this Notre Dame team. <laughs> club dub, <laughs> club dub inside Notre Dame Stadium would probably have to be a little bit more G-rated. I uh, can't but imagine actually, what the Brian Kelly era with the Chicago Bears would look like. Well, I would I will point this out. Brian Kelly and Matt Nagy are both notably visor guys. So that, oh, uh, love it. Yeah. I've pointed that out. Yeah, that's yeah. Both of our you coaches. Know you're on track. I think we just need to be visor guys, dude. Yeah, not to get off the rails too much, but when you're bald and you wear a visor, that's a bold move. You know, Kelly's Kelly's still got some hair, but Nagy bald with the visor. Love to see it. Very bold. Uh, but, yeah, actually looking at, um, you know, I just pulled up ESPN real quick to see uh, how New Mexico matched up last week. So they were at, you know, they gave up uh, 558 yards. So, yeah, like we both said, expect a lot of points, 443 through the air, 115 on the ground. They were able to get a 485 yards uh, last week or two weekends ago, actually. They also had a bye week against Sam Houston State. Um, and, yeah, I mean – for the betters out there, the game is set at the over is 64 and the spread is minus 35. Those ugly I, numbers. I did not, <laughs> yeah, those I just are... say that I do not condone gambling. I'm yeah. just going to go out on my limb and say that after this week. Oh, yeah. Well, w- with the way that it's just been, uh, you know, it's legal now, 
everyone is trying to get in on the action. Uh, we're not your gaming guys, but we will at least give you the numbers. But yeah, if anyone, it, yeah, don't listen to me. Yeah, the big better. There is a big better guy for the on taps net, and it happens to be my brother. Uh, but he is uh, a White Sox money line guy, <laughs> which leads me to my next point. I don't know how this equates in Vegas, but the money line uh, for Notre Dame to win straight up is minus 14,950. So I think we got this one in the bag. Uh, don't, don't, yeah. <laughs> don't, don't suck me into this. And matchup predictor has it at 98.6 to 1.4, so... Well, you know what they say any given Saturday, and we're not, we're just not. I'm broke, man. I can't yeah. afford that. Notre Dame will come out sluggish, and then, yeah. If you want me to bet, yeah, Notre like Dame, we said, we we don't, we don't condone it. We are if just I, the we are just the messengers here. So yeah, if, can I just say, if I bet Notre Dame. New Mexico's winning this game, so we're not touching any Notre Dame. Well, that's the just the season. that's just the bad juju of like any any sports game is if you you know get in on the action and it's your team, you're probably gonna lose. And you see it with some of the you know the the media guys that gamble you know out in the public, and yeah, that's just not our look. Uh, definitely would rather have the players get paid, uh, which is actually something we didn't bring up this week. Ethan, do you want to fill in the Irish on tap listeners uh, as to the bill that was passed? I believe it was in California this week. That's really important news for the college football uh, landscape, I would, I guess you would say. Yeah, it's interesting because it wouldn't be the schools that would be paying the athletes. It would be what they make off their likeness. So if you walked into an autograph signing, you can charge people and you can make that money. Um, according to the NCAA, and I just heard this today, um, they would be banning the athletes that make the money from the bowl games that their schools play in. So it's kind of foggy. So they right would. Now. So it's, they wouldn't be able to make money at the bowl game. They could make money, but they wouldn't be able to play in the bowl game. They would ban them from, or whatever postseason game their team makes. Okay, and where are they at as far as, you know, potentially receiving sort of sponsorships, endorsements, other ways to improve their personal branding for some of the guys that uh, are either looking for the draft, not going to the NFL, just some ways to, I guess, get cash in their pocket while they still can, uh, you know, as being an NCAA athlete. So are they able to accept sponsorships, stuff like that? I. I haven't heard any of that um, as far as I know that it's just based on what like their likeness. Um, yeah. As far as that, I haven't read too much of that. Um, I right now, from what I know, it's just really foggy between the bill and the, and, and the NCAA. So it'd be interesting to see where the players go with that. Are you willing to make the money and sit out whatever games the NCAA bans you? It it could go both ways, so um, hopefully more develops from that. It's recent, so it, I guarantee more will come out, but that's as much as I know right now. Now, is it officially passed, or is it just brought to Congress? The bill was passed, but like I said, it's basically Still in the, the NCAA yeah, now is saying, so... Oh, great. It, so it'll the, be... ball is, the ball is in their court, and... NCAA fan and especially the athletes. I know our guest last week, Mr. Redfield, can attest they do not care about you as an athlete in the NCAA. So it's tough. Yeah, yeah. I mean, 
I liked what Max said about, you know, we're not asking for, you know, $5,000. We're just asking for money to go out and actually enjoy ourselves every once in a while. So, and I think it, you know, at the levels that these guys are playing at, like you and I both played football. We dreamed of playing college football anywhere, you know, so these guys work hard. So they deserve, you know, a little bit of money to enjoy themselves and go from there. But it's, I don't know. It'll be really weird to see what happens and if the NCAA does anything about it. I'm going to say, let NIU run down on a couple kickoffs this year. I'm laying out some dudes. Hey, 100%. (laughs) I'd have to get working now, but, you know. A little honorary honorary captain. Uh, That would be be fun. But, yeah, any college would work for me, shit, even a JUCO. (laughs) You can't tell me we can't remake Rudy with you? Come on. (laughs) Let the grind start now. Let's go. Yeah, and that and that was another point too. Max brought up last week was Super Rudy. So, any of our listeners that would like to fund Super Rudy uh, for our guy Joe Schmidt, I would love to see him in the limelight as uh, limelight again because he was an absolute pleasure to have Notre Dame as a walk on to a captain. And I actually saw a video from him earlier um, on one of the Notre Dame pages that I follow. So I'm kind of just curious, Joe Schmidt, what are you doing right now? Uh, where you at? We want you to come back out and play football. I'm playing the XFL or something. We need more Joe Schmidt uh, as Irish fans here. Uh, but as far as this week goes, Ethan, do you got anything else for our listeners? I just think it's going to be a big win. I'm looking forward to seeing what Ian Book can do with his arm. He's got the cannon. Um, be interested to see what they do with the run game as well. But like I said, it's just going to be a big win. Uh, I think it's going to be 40, what did I say, 49-14, yeah. It's gonna be I big. think, I believe you said 42-14, and I had 52 times. Well, so I we're added both... 7 to it, so we're going oh, well. 49-14. And a, a, a late pick 6. You convinced me with the 98.7 that they're going to get 7 more points. Yeah, yeah, you love to see the matchup predictor basically handing us a victory. But yes, we will not jinx us, we will not get the bad juju out there. Um, as far as this episode for Irish on tap, this will be the end of it, but you can find our articles at the on tap sports net. Um, and then our podcast will drop on Apple podcasts. Spotify will be available on all platforms at some point. Um, I believe I haven't spoken with the guys, but at some point, either Saturday evening or Sunday morning following the Notre Dame, New Mexico matchup. So with that being said, Irish, and we will hear, or we will talk to you guys here on Saturday.